leave the drama at home. I don't want it because it just gets you all riled up inside. Now you just get all worked up about something somebody said, they told you they said, and when you sit and talk to the person, you realize it didn't go like that at all. Hello everyone, welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel, as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. I'm just going to get started. I'm going to be with you two weeks. Um, so this week and next week, and we're going to be talking about the simple life. Um, and as you know, most things that are said to be simple are not quite as simple as you think. But this part one, we're going to be looking at some spiritual and emotional things. And then next week in part two, we're going to be looking at some physical things uh, as far as our life is concerned. So now we've spent about six weeks uh, with Pastor Stroud and we were talking about the good life, um, the G-O-O-D, getting out of debt. Uh, life And during that time, we talked about paying off some debt, um, discovering and eliminate, eliminating wasteful spending, um, which is always hard to do because you just realize when you really start writing down on paper where your money goes and when you start being uh, attentive to when you're spending, then we realize you know, we can be wasteful. So we've, we talked about that. We talked about giving generously, breaking the cycles of poverty, um, generating wealth through opportunities, receiving of money, um, sales, etc., and storing up wealth for future generations um, and for future opportunities. Um, and so that's what we talked. Oh, gosh, I'm saying I'm um, a lot. I'm going to try not to do that. So we talked about that for about six weeks. And then Pastor Nelson was with us last week, and he was talking about changing mindsets. The choice is yours. Uh, and this morning, he was also in my Kool-Aid a little bit with the peaceful thing. But I'm going to let that go, Pastor, because you didn't know. He even used one of my scriptures. and be like, oh. And then he was like, anybody got any discussion? We can't discuss it now because we're going to talk about it later. But that's all right. I like the way the Lord flows together like that. It gives us an opportunity, ties it all together. So um, for that getting out of debt, living the good life, being debt free, that takes a lifestyle change, right? We're going to have to stop just like our quote for today. You can't get out of debt while keeping the same lifestyle that got you in debt. And so what we're going to be talking about is that lifestyle change because we cannot change our lives or our lifestyle. We're going to be living an alter, an alternative lifestyle, y'all. And what that just means is one that's different than the mainstream lifestyle. So, but in order to change our lifestyle, we have to change some behaviors. You're going to have to behave differently. You're going to have to act differently. And like Pastor Nelson told us, in order to change our behaviors, we're going to have to first have to change our minds, right? We're going to have to think differently. We're going to have to see ourselves differently. And once we think about things differently, then we will start to act differently. And once our actions change, then our lifestyles will change and we will be in a better position. Amen. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about today, having some lifestyle change. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to work on changing our mindset. Now, um, again, like I said, we're talking, that television is off back there. I don't know if it's, okay, we're good. All right, so we're going to talk about the, living the simple life. Now, the word simple 
uh, something that's easily understood. It means uncomplicated in form, basic. Now realize that in today's culture, basic is almost like a slur. So we're not meaning basic bad. We're meaning basic good. Okay, so um, don't tell everybody. So Strout told us we was all basic. I didn't. I'm not hip enough to even really know. I just know we're supposed to mean something bad, but we're not meaning the bad basic. We're meaning the good um, basic, something that is straightforward. Now, I don't want you to get confused when I say we're living the simple life that I'm saying that it's going to be an easy life because it's not. It's not that it's not going to be challenging. It's just going to be straightforward. Forward. We're going to have this plan and we're going to know uh, what it means and what it is. So there's still going to be depth to your life. Uh, we're not saying simple in that way as surface, uh, but we're saying a straightforward life. So in addition to me giving you the definition, you guys know if you've heard me speak before, you know I love to use the acrostic where every letter in the word means something. We have this little poem. I think it's a great learning tool. Um, to help you sort of keep it in your mind and, and keep it first and foremost to help you understand it. So the simple life, this is going to be a challenge for me because there's no way we can see it back there. Okay. All right, so the simple life, uh, if we go to the next slide, means surrender to God and yield it to his calling, intimately connected to those around me, mindful and focused on the word of God and his plan, peacefully existing in this world of chaos, loving unconditionally as Jesus loved, and being earnest in my service to God. So that's what we're going to talk about today. When we can master all of those, see, I told you simple didn't mean easy. Uh, we're going to be living uh, the simple life. So we already, everybody set paper, pen, whatever you do to take notes on um, so that when something shiny goes by and you get distracted, you can get back on target. Okay, are we good? All right, here we go. So let's start with our S, surrender to God and yield it to his calling. Surrendered, meaning yielding ownership. Don't think about surrender as a bad thing, as in, you know, waving the white flag. I give up. I lost. I'm a failure. That's not the kind of surrender. Surrender means yielding ownership, relinquishing control uh, over what we have considered to be ours. Now, those of you that did not know, I'm going to let you know today, we are at war, not just physically our country's at war but you each of us individually are at war um, within ourselves uh, there's the war between um, our spirit which is longing for the things of God and these bodies which are longing for the things of this world which can be corrupt so you are right now at war and sometimes when we approach you and you act in all some kind of way it's because you've been battling all day within and you just don't have it in you to be nice right there but you know right then time so we just have to acknowledge that about each other we're at war uh, Romans said all the scriptures today are going to be new living translation so you can make a note of that. Uh, if you want to go back and read entire passages, we're coming from New Living Translation. King James is wonderful, but sometimes those these and thous, um, we can get a little tripped up on that because we don't speak that way. Uh, but New Living Translation is what we're using today. Romans 7.21 says, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Anybody but me have experienced that? You have good intentions, and as soon as you do it, you're like, oh, I did it again. Or for me, I said it again because my mouth 
gets away from me sometimes or my facial expressions get away from me. And before I catch myself, I'm like, ooh, that wasn't that wasn't a good one. That that one, you know. And so you you intend to do right. You intend to do what is right because we know what is right. But inevitably we do uh, what is wrong. And that is because we have two natures warring within us. Okay, so we are at war. But um we're going to learn today or talk today about surrendering to God um, so that we can help to be successful in that battle. Galatians 5, verses 16 through 23. This will probably be the longest passage uh, that I read for us today, but I just couldn't, I didn't want to take any of it out. So here we go. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. See, makes perfect sense, doesn't it? When you let God, let the Holy Spirit lead. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and all other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So have you noticed those things in your life when, when you have given in um, to the sinful nature? Have you noticed, any of you noticed those things? I've noticed some of those things in my life. I haven't noticed all of them, but you know, you live it long enough, I'm sure you would. But we, you can see how very plainly when we follow the desires of this flesh, because this body is all about what it wants when it wants it. And so we, we will see these things um, show up in our lives when we follow uh, the desires of our sinful nature. But the Holy Spirit, when we follow the desires of the Spirit, when we let the Holy Spirit lead, then we'll see that the Holy Spirit, verse 22, produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. I surrender, when we surrender uh, to the work of the Spirit, then we can see those things come to pass in our lives. And so you can see how you're at war uh, because the Spirit, your Spirit, is wanting to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit so that we can have these things um, in our lives. But when we give in to the flesh, we have those other things which are the opposite. So when we surrender to the Lord, when we surrender to the work of the cross, and you say, you know what, I just can't do this. I mean, I can do it for a little while. You know, all of us can do something for a little while. But when you look at long term, you look at permanent, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Because, you know, we're in these bodies. And when I say this body craves things, sometimes you just got to have some Reese's Pieces. That's just how that works. And if it's just me. Saying no, I mean, hey, I fought it for as long as I could, but there were cases of candy over there with Reese's Pieces in them. What's a girl supposed to do? And I had to keep picking up the bags, and then I had to make bottles. They made me open up the candy and put it in bottles. And after a while, I just fell off the wagon. 
And I was getting, it was the fun size. I was getting three packs at a time and going across them with some scissors and dumping them in a bowl. But I digress. This flesh wants what it wants. And when we don't surrender to God, we give it what it wants. Even knowing what the outcome is going to be, because there's only so long you can fight it. Only so long we can fight it. Strong of us, only so long we can fight it. But when I accept Jesus not only as my Savior, the Savior of my sins, from my sins, but when I accept him as Lord, ruler over my life, then I am able to do more and do better, and I can surrender to the Spirit. I can win that war. Uh, more times than I lose those battles, I can win them. Because he's going, the Holy Spirit is going to help me to be like Christ. Now, one thing that kind of gets us, and, and, and Satan can be so crafty. That's really his superpower, his craftiness. Um, and so he has us thinking, when we look at this world, because now they teach us uh, that the world was not, in fact, created by God, was that it just came into existence by a whole bunch of something that went on, and there was a something, and there was some something, and then here we are. And I'm like... Wow, it takes a lot of faith to believe that, but you don't want to believe that there is a supreme being, creator, architect of it all. I mean, clearly, when you just look at the human body and how it's designed, I'm sorry, that could not have just happened. There clearly had to have been. But when we accept the philosophy that the world just came into being, then there's no creator then I'm not created. I owe no allegiance to anyone but myself because I am just here and I am just free to do what I want to do. That is what you end up, you can so freely accept with that. But when I know that this world came to be because of a God that created it all and that I came into being because of a God that created me, well, then I know that I'm not my own. Right? I am his to do whatever he wants to do. So my life cease becoming what I want and how I want to please myself. But instead it becomes, well, he made me for a purpose, for his purpose. I need to know what that purpose is. And then I need to go about doing that because that was the reason I was made. I was not created to be on this world, in this world to do what makes me feel good. I was put here to do something for him. So that helps us with our mind to, to know that I'm not just here for me. I was made and placed here for a reason, for a purpose. And when I surrender to God, when I'm like, God, you know what? I, I give myself to you. It makes such beautiful songs. And we have some beautiful praise and worship songs about surrendering all. And I've sang them, surrender. Lord, I, I didn't even make it out the church service before I was doing my own thing. And you just, oh, Lord, I just give myself away. And I'm like, well, well, not that part. I, you know, well, I'll give for right now. I'll give you, well, I don't even know if I can. I'll loan you some of me. Uh, but primarily I got some things that I want to accomplish. But as long as what you want is in agreement with what I want, we're good. We're here. And we may not say that, but we live that way, don't we? We say, I give myself away, but the minute he tells us to do something contrary to our plans, we are taking ourselves back. So when we learn to live a surrendered life, when we say and truly mean, and it's a process, 
The Lord is faithful and he is patient. Um, it is a process. Lord, I want to give myself away to you. I want to surrender to you. Help me to be able to do that. I don't want to lose this battle. I don't want to do the things because those things that are the works of the flesh, those are, those are not good things. They're not helpful to you. Uh, they're not helpful to me. They're not helpful to the world around us. They may feel good at that moment, but there's all kind of icky that follows. Y'all know what I mean. I mean, we've all done stuff and we're like, oh, this was going to be so wonderful. But afterwards, you just, you got all that icky to deal with. And, and I don't want to go through life like that. I don't want to live my life like that. So we want to be surrendered to God. Uh, the I in the simple life is intimately connected uh, to those around me because we have to remember the cross is twofold, right? It is our relationship with God and it's our relationship with each other. Isn't that something? It's our relationship? Anyway, anyway. So the cross is twofold. Now, and that reminds me of a song that people have sung in the past. I've heard that one, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. I don't know those people because I need people. People need people. Now, when they get on your nerves, you're like, I don't need none of y'all. And then five minutes later, well, can you pick me up? <laughs> my car's not working. Or can you do this for me or do that for me? So, I mean, let's say people need people. We need each other. Uh, Genesis chapter 2. God created the heavens and the earth. He had created this perfect planet. He had made this uh, perfect creation on the planet. All these animals, plants, trees, this beautiful garden, Eden, this perfect man, Adam. And all was right there. And even God at that point looked and was like, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper just right for him. We need each other. We need intimate connections, closeness, togetherness, uh, attachment. We need other people in our lives. Uh, because there are times when things are not going to be going well, and you're going to need a shoulder to cry on. There are going to be times when things are going really well, and you're going to need somebody to rejoice with you. We need those connections. We need each other. I was talking to a lady the other week. She is now having to go through uh, depression classes. She became really depressed. And the reason was because she had become withdrawn and she was not having regular contact with other people. And because of that, she became in a depressive state uh, to the point where she had to come. Now she has to get medical help because she just did not have those close connections or close ties or regular interactions with other people. So we need each other. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need each other. We need those connections. Uh, you need to have cheerleaders in your life. Now, cheerleading, I know. Because I remember, I don't remember a lot of things from when I was really young, but I remember in elementary school, my first pep rally. I was in the first grade, and we were in the gym, and the cheerleaders came out, and I was like, oh, I want to be one of them. 
Now, what I didn't know was that I could have been cheerleading all along because there is a such thing as a rec department and you can be a cheerleader from when you were little. Well, that kind of thing did not occur to my family. We were on this road, and as far as I know, we didn't leave this road unless the school bus took you off the road to go to the school. That is just how it happened. We didn't do a lot of shopping. My grandfather was a farmer, so there's your groceries. So I didn't realize that I could have been cheerleading all along. All I knew was from first grade, I was like, and in my elementary school, you couldn't be a cheerleader till fifth grade. So I was like, I'm going to be ready. And I was ready when it got to be time that I could try for cheerleading. We had this mirror. Uh, my sister and I shared a room. And we had this big mirror on the wall. And I practiced in that mirror constantly. Oh, my arms were straight. My thumbs were tucked. I still get on to my husband now when he claps with this. That is just not right. So, I mean, I had it. A smile was ready. I had the pep. I had the spirit. I was ready. Because that was what I wanted to be. I don't know. I just like encouraging people. So I did. And I was, went out and I tried out and I made it. I lost a friend because she didn't make it. But I'm sorry because this has been my dream. Right. And the thing about being a cheerleader is that we weren't in the sport activity, but we were there on the sidelines, cheering them on with all we had. Get in the crowd. Come on, we're going to cheer them on. And when they did well, oh, we screamed and we jumped and we cheered. And when they did bad, we screamed and we jumped and we cheered. And we let them know you are better than this. You can do this. You were robbed. That didn't count. We, and if we won a game, then, you know, we encourage them. And if we lost a game, then we encourage them and let them know that's okay. We're not even going to worry about this. This one, it doesn't even matter. We're not going to worry about that team. They got lucky. You guys are still better than this. You are bigger than this. We're going to get ready for this next one. We can do this. It doesn't matter. If we got beat 20 to 0, that's okay because you guys are still the most fabulous team that's on the face of the earth, and you are superior athletes, and we're going to be ready next time. Don't you think it would be awesome to have somebody in your life, in your everyday that when things are going well, they are running down the... I mean, I, sometimes we did. You, you see people on television, you're like, why are they running down the sidelines next? You know, you running down here and there. They're not even supposed to be in the game. But when you're in it and you're all caught up in it and you're cheering them, you just want them to know, I'm right here with you. I'm, I don't have the ball, but I'm right here with you. And you're running, you know, down the sidelines and you're cheering them because you don't want them to give up at all. You don't just, you don't keep going, keep going. I know it's, you know, victory's in sight, but keep giving it all you got. Don't slow down. We've got this. We've got this. You are not by yourself. You have this whole group of people that's behind you we have got your back we are given all if you know if I could give you my strength you could keep going I would get you know and that's what we are doing and then would it be awesome in our lives that when we are going through things whether good or bad to know that you are not alone there is somebody who is standing there and they are cheering with you and they are encouraging you and they are giving it all they have. And when you fail, they are there to pick you up and say, don't even worry about this battle. It's done. You are not a failure. I don't care how bad it looked. We ain't going to give it a second thought because you are bigger and better than this. And we're going to get ready for this next game. And we're going to do this thing. And I don't know what went on with there. There was just a fluke. Well, we used to tell them you was robbed. You was just robbed. <laughs> you were robbed. That had... 
You are awesome. In our hearts, we won this game. And we're going to be ready for the next one. We need those intimate connections with each other so that we can be there to encourage each other. Because this life gets hard, doesn't it? It gets hard. And we can be praying and fasting and staying in the presence of God. We are in these physical bodies and things affect us. And sometimes you don't know how much it has affected you till you look around and you're like, does nobody care? Does anybody not see me? I'm sitting here on the side of the road, beat up, busted up, dusty. Does nobody see me? Can nobody hear me call or hear me scream? We have to have, when you have those intimate connections with each other, then when things are going on in your life, somebody else will be stirred to pray, and they just won't even know why. There's like something's going on with so-and-so, I don't know what, and they're praying and they're calling, and they're, what, what do you need? What's going on? Let's go out to lunch. Let's do this. Let's do that. Because we are connected. And when we are connected, I can feel your pain. You can feel my pain. I can know there's something going on, and I may not have to know what. But just know that there's something going on and just to reach out to them and say, you are not alone. I got you. You know, I'm here for you. Amen. We need those cheerleaders in our lives. The M, see, we're just moving around. That's another reason an acrostic is good because when y'all are like, how much longer is she going to be? Then you can look at the letters. You can be like, okay, now she's on M. I don't know. We got the rest that's left. So see, I, I got you. I know. I know what's going on in your mind. You got stuff to do. I get it. M and simple is being mindful. Mindful and focused on the plan that God has for me. When we are mindful, we are intentional in our doing, intentional in our being. We are focused. We are paying attention. Do you realize how much of your life goes by when you simply do not pay attention? When we are just so obsessed with all these other things that are going on that we are not present in this moment. And that's what mindfulness is about. I want you to be present in this moment. I hope you all are present. Come on back to me. Present in this moment right now because there are so many things um, that are going after your attention. So many different things. And so sometimes it's difficult for us to be right here, right now, present in this moment, but when we are mindful, when we are focused, that's what we are doing. We are right here, right now, in this moment. Um, not, and it's not about emptying your mind. I know there's a lot of you know sort of new age things that tells you about you know empty your mind of everything. We don't want to go there because that would be like the devil's workshop. All kind of stuff. I don't want you to empty your mind. I just want you. <laughs> To fill it with the word of God instead of all the other stuff that's around, okay? So don't go, again, no, Pastor Samiko didn't say for us to sit and empty our minds or we were going to be basic. She didn't say that. She said, fill your mind with the word of God. Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3 says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And if we do that, we are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. 
Don't you want to prosper in everything that you do? When we focus on the word of God and we meditate on it, think about Now, I'm not saying you have to walk around this Bible stuck on your head. Oh, God, I'm just going to think on these words. But pick a scripture. Or if you want to like just listen to the Psalms every day or, or the or Proverbs. Some people do that word Proverbs because if it's a 31 day month, there's 31 Proverbs and listen to one each uh, day. But just pick a passage of scripture. Pick a passage of scripture and just meditate on that. Think on that. Let that wash your mind of all the other competing thoughts. Because there, I don't know about y'all, but I can have some weird things go through my mind. And you just be like, what? Where did that come from? What is wrong with me? <laughs> so, but when we meditate on the Lord, when that comes, you're just like, oh, oh no, I ain't, even, I ain't even going down that road. I'm not thinking about that. I'm going to think instead, this is my scripture for today. And every time something crazy comes up, I'm just going to recite it. Oh, I don't even know what that's about. But the trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit in each season. My leaves are not going with I'm going to prosper and all that I do. And so you may have to even say that out loud. And people will be like, that's all right. I got this. I'm doing what I need to do to stay focused, to stay mindful. Don't be distracted. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn God's will for you. You will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, of course, confession time. Anytime you get up to speak, you have to tell your own business. So I'll tell y'all some more of my own business. I was examining some of my own character traits, you know, because I've been living with this for a little while. I'm sharing it with y'all today, but um, yeah, the Lord and I have been working on this for a while. And so I had some character traits that I thought were pretty good character traits. But the more I thought about mindfulness and being intentional and being focused, I was like, Oh, that's not good. So I'm trying to, you know, there should be a 12-step program for me, but I don't think there is because I realized that I am a multitasker. You remember when that used to be a good thing and it was like that was something you could put on your resume. Well, you know, now that they've studied it all and they come back, they realize, well, people that do a lot of multitasking do a whole bunch of stuff, but they don't finish any of it and they don't do it well. So I'm like, ooh, that's on my resume. I should probably take that off. But I realize that I'm a multitasker. Um, and not only am I a multitasker, but I'm a multitasker with workaholic tendencies, which means I work all the time at multiple jobs at the same time. And when I hear people talk about, oh, because last week I was working, you know, I worked three days a week um, at the defects office in Polk County. And so I was there and people kept saying, oh, we got a, uh, you know, a three-day weekend, no work money. I'm like, what are they talking about? What? And, you know, but you don't want to be like, you don't know. I mean, I know my way around the calendar, so I wasn't going to say. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, we don't have to work Monday. I'm like, what is this? We don't have to work. Who doesn't have to work Monday? And then they were like, oh, it's Veterans Day. So I was like, and? So, yeah, you know, courthouse closed, you don't have to work. And, and I realized, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't take holidays. <laughs> Who takes a holiday off? <laughs> I don't take holidays. 
And so, and people would be like, oh, you know, it's Friday. One guy was like, Thursday is, I don't call it Thursday, I call it Friday Eve. And I was like, so what's the big deal about that? Well, you know, the weekend's coming. And you don't work on the weekends? And they were like, no, you're supposed to take a day off. I'm like, oh, no, I don't do those. I take portions of days off, but what are you going to take the whole day off for? Because the work that you needed to do doesn't take the day off. It's still there. So if I take this whole day off, then tomorrow I just get to do twice as much. That doesn't make sense to me. And then I also realized I enjoy my job. So when people are like, I don't have to come here tomorrow, I'm like, well, I was just going to take some work home. And and Elderwear gets home. She's like, when you're home, you need to be home. I'm like, I'm home. But you, you shouldn't just have to watch TV and not do something else. I realized the error of my ways. I'm, I'm in recovery. But I realized that I could not, I could physically not do one thing at a time. I mean, it just like seemed like such a waste of time. If you're watching TV, you're also doing something else. And it occurred to me, even when you go to the bathroom, you should also be doing something else. (laughs) Otherwise, that's just wasted time. I mean, your body knows what to do. You don't have to think about that. So take something else in there with you. That was when I realized I do, in fact, have a problem. So I do encourage and solicit your prayers while I go through recovery. But until then, I'm trying to learn to be focused and intentional because, you know, I realize when you're doing all of these different things, you're not really in the moment of any of them. And so when you look back on it, you're like, I don't even remember doing that, but I guess I did. Huh, that's not a good thing. So we want to be mindful, intentional, enjoy this moment right now whether it is a good moment or a bad moment. Enjoy this moment right now. Embrace this right now. Don't get caught up in the past. It happened. It's over. Deal with it. Whatever. And don't let people hold you to that. Yes, I did that. I made a mistake. Now that I look back on it, I probably shouldn't have done that, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. You know, and so that is just that. That is not who I am. That is simply something that I did. But we're going to move on from that, okay? If I offended you, I apologize, but we're going to go forward. And don't get caught up in living in the future. It's not here yet. You don't know what kind of person you will be when that day arrives. You don't even know that you will be here. You don't know what the situation will be, what the circumstances will be. But when you get caught up in worrying about the future, then you get anxious. And then you've got all of this stress going on and all these other things that can happen. So we're not even going to do that. We're just going to accept that right now um, I'm in this place. God has a plan for me. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And so instead, our time can be better spent asking the Lord, what is your plan for me for today?
What is it that I need to do? Is there somebody that I need to reach out to? Somebody that I need to be present for? Uh, something, some lesson that I need to learn right now? Something that will strengthen me, that will make me better uh, at doing what it is that you have called me to do. So I want to focus on that plan. Matthew six thirty four says, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Can you witness, can you attest to that, that there's enough going on in today to just be concerned about today? Don't borrow trouble. Tomorrow and what it holds for us will be here soon enough, and we will deal with it then. But right now, you have enough going on in your life. If you don't, I can let you borrow some stuff. Enough going on in this 24-hour period that I'm just going to be concerned about it. We were um, talking about um, that. We were talking about how Pastor Stroud and I met at, well, at one point. We were at this thing, and the lady was listening to one of the few people in the world who hadn't heard the story. God help us! So she was like, "How did you meet?" And I'm like, "Oh no, this is gonna take a while." Um, so of course, his eyes lit up, and every time he tells the story, I'm like, "I don't even know if I was there. I don't remember that." But anyway, so at one point he goes, you know, it didn't, those of you that have heard the story, when he first approached me, it did not go well. Um, So I left, and there was a weekend there where I was just living my life and doing my own thing because I just met some weird guy at the courthouse, hadn't given it another thought. Because they told me that people in Atlanta and big cities were not like us from the country. And I was like, Oh, that's what they meant. But what I didn't know was that he was at home fasting and praying. And so he's telling, you know, the story. And the lady stops him and she was like, what is that? We're like, what? She said, fasting. What do you mean? And we were like, who doesn't know what fasting means? What? What? She was like, no, I mean, what's that about? What did you do that for? And we were like, "Uh, uh, well... Well, you know, she's like, well, I know you don't eat, but so what? What does that have to do with this story? So then we were like, oh, no. See, when, you know, when you push that stuff aside, you push your plate aside, then you're more focused on the Lord, not of the things of this world, but you're more focused on him. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's being mindful. That's helping us to be mindful because I'm not thinking about the things that this body wants. And primarily, you know, it's food because... People go crazy they don't get something to eat. They'll be like, I'm starving to death. You ate two hours ago. You are not starving to death. It's just not happening. But anyway, when we're fasting, when we're putting, that's a, a good example for us on what it means to be mindful because you're push, pushing the things that are tethering us to this world uh, to the side, and you're giving that time to God and focusing to him. So when you're wondering, like, what does she mean by, I'm like, being present Uh, hearing because I want to hear the voice of God. I want to push all this other stuff aside. The P. Peacefully. See, Pastor Nelson was talking about peace this morning. This is when he was all in my Kool-Aid. Peacefully existing in this world of chaos. Now, this world is chaotic. I'm not a big follower of the news because it is very depressing. Uh, And I take it personally. I don't know why. And it bothers me. So for my own well-being and for those around me, I choose to stay ignorant of a lot of things and just pray for people that are out there and things that are going on. Now, 
So this world is in chaos. I know that, and I don't watch the news regularly, but it is in chaos. There are all sorts of things happening all over the globe, and they are strange things. And some things you're like, really, how? Why? What, what is happening? But when we are focused, when we are living the simple life, we can exist peacefully in all this chaos. Yes. Because it can be around you, but you don't have to let it in you. Right? When we are surrendered to God, we don't have to let it in us. When we're at peace, peace has to deal with wholesomeness, uh, with being in harmony, uh, with our well-being, being free from strife, uh, being secure. And when we are trusting in the Lord, we can be at peace because we know that ultimately he is in charge. He is in control. And it doesn't matter what it looks like now or what I may be dealing with or going through I believe that he has me. And when I think about the absolute worst case scenario is that something takes me out of here. Well, then I know that I have an eternity with him. And he's already said he would wipe the tears from my, so I'm not going to be sorrowful. I'm not going to be sad. I know that the loved ones that I leave behind are going to be taken care of and they're going to be comforted and we're going to one day be reunited. So there's no point and getting all worked up about this stuff that you cannot change. Because people are people. And he gave us all a choice. Um, there's this one, we're watching a video, and it, there was a question that was asked. The man said, if there is a God, and he's a God of love, then why is there so much evil in the world? And his response, I thought, was ingenious. He was like, you know, there is a lot of soap in the world. So why are there so many dirty, stinky people? And I was like, oh. He said, Christianity, like soap, has to be personally applied. So if you don't choose to follow Jesus, if you choose, we already read what the works of the flesh were. So when someone chooses to follow the works of the flesh, those things are going to manifest in their life. We should not be surprised when we see them. It's going to happen. And because we all have a choice, there are going to be people that choose that. That's not on God. That's on them. And because we live in this world with them, we are going to be affected by it. You know, there are things anybody, you could do, you, Stan could get up, could get that fan right there. Don't do it, Stan. But he could get that fan and be like, this fan has been getting on my nerves. I'm so sick and tired of this fan. And he could throw it. Now, that's between him and his, that fan. But now, if he flicks his wrist a certain way, it's going to hit April. And April will be like, I didn't have no beef with that fan. What is what? But because she is in the proximity, she's going to be affected by his actions. Now, hopefully, I don't know if she's ready for you, saying She's looking at you sideways. Don't touch it, brother. Don't. <laughs> so that's what happens. The people in this world have the right to choose how they are going to be and how they're going to behave. We are going to be affected by some of that. And all we can do is pray that the Lord will help us through it, that we will then learn uh, from that and that we will not do something that will affect knowing that our actions are also going to affect someone else. But we can live in peace uh, in this world. Isaiah 26 and 3, where I said it this morning. 
You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. When we have our thoughts fixed on the Lord, like it said in Psalm, that we are meditating on his word day and night. He's got us. He will keep you in peace. We have so much stress and anxiety uh, in this world today that it is making us sick. And when you look at the top illnesses, high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, all that kind of stuff has to deal with stress, even obesity. I'm like, what? It wasn't the Reese's Pieces. I just need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, all right, I was just stressed because I probably should just ate them the first day they came in. <laughs> but you know that when we carry that weight around our stomach, that is dealing with stress and anxiety. There was even one study, and I thought, Lord have mercy. There was one study that the stress in parents' lives can lead to asthma in their kids. So I'm like, now it's not even just killing us, we're killing our kids off. So I was like, Wow. Keep our minds on the Lord. He will keep us in perfect peace, in a mature, complete peace. That doesn't mean that things won't happen all around you. They will. And sometimes we will get upset, but we're going to choose instead. All of this has to deal with choice. We have to choose each and every moment of our lives. You say, I'm not even going to let this get to me. Lord, I'm going to focus on you. I've got my scripture ready. I'm going to focus on this word today. If you have to say it out loud, say it out loud. So what if people think you're crazy? What's wrong with that? Maybe they'll leave you alone. You know? <laughs> so have your word, your, your scripture, and focus on that. Um, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That is such wonderful advice. Just pray about it. Just talk. I mean, you're like, what do you mean pray about? Just talk to God about it. You know, Lord, I'm surrendered to you. These people acting crazy on this job. You know I need the money because I went out and got all this debt. <laughs> now somebody got to pay these bills. I know, God, that wasn't on you. That was on me. But, hey, I needed that leather recliner. I needed it. And now I got it for $35 a month. But Lord, so I'm here. I need you to help me to get through this so I can get out of this situation that I got myself in. You know, sometimes we just have to be honest with God and be like, Lord, this is not on you. I know this is on me. If I had prayed and asked you first that I wouldn't be in this jam, but here I am. I'm in it. So I'm going to need you to get me out. It was one of the things that I found out about um, being an attorney that I don't love is that when you, you try to tell people ahead of time, if you just do this, then it will work out. But they don't want to hear that. They never want, nobody calls, a, well, I'm not going to say nobody. I'm sure somebody does. Just nobody I know. They don't call you preemptively to get advice and then follow it. They wait until they have already, it's already happened, and they've already reacted to make it worse. And now the deadline is just a couple of days away to fix it. And then they call you in the middle of the night and say, I need you to do this for me. You're like, what? (laughs) But think about how many times we do that to God. 
We don't pray. We don't give it a moment's prayer before we go out and make those decisions. We don't consult him. We don't. The pastor's already given your word to wait and be like, I don't know what he know what he's talking about. We don't hear that. We go and we do it, and then it's done. And still, we don't consult him. We realize it was a mistake. Things are falling apart. Still, we don't consult them. But the day, Lord, they pulling up with the repo to get my car. You got to deliver me. It says I ain't never seen his children in need of forsaken begging bread. And you said that if I just believe. And we know all manner of scripture at that point. And we praying and we slinging oil at the repo truck. And the Lord, you got to deliver me from this. And he's got to be like, what? <laughs> Let's not be like that. We're not going to worry about We're going to peacefully exist. We're going to keep uh, our minds on him. We're not going to worry about stuff, but we're praying. That's what we were talking about. We're going to pray about everything. Oh, that one was a, that was a way. Anyway, we're going to pray about everything. We're going to, in our prayer, tell God what you need. And more importantly, thank him for what he's already done. Sometimes we just forget that. We just go, oh, woe is me, how bad my life is. But think about instead the good things that are going on in your life. You're here. You know, you may not be as healthy as you once were, but you can still get about. You can still function. You're not in a hospital connected to all manner of machines. You have some crazy thoughts, but your mind is still intact. You can still do what you need to do, and let's be grateful and thank the Lord uh, for what he's done so we can experience uh, his peace. For those of you who are wondering, I'm now on page six of eight. We're okay. All right. Also, being living a peaceful life is having one where there's not a lot of drama going on. Now, there are, you know, you know, we say different, couple of different kinds of people in the world. There are some people who just keep something going all the time. They just look for a reason. Girl, let me tell you. They just, and if they cannot find one, they make it up. And if you don't know somebody like that in your life that always keeps something going, you're probably the person in everybody else's life <laughs> that always keeps something going. So for those people in your life, for, we're going into the holiday season. Everybody wants to know what you want for Christmas. Well, tell the drama people in your life for Christmas this year, your gift to me, take some time off. Well, just take a little time off and stop bringing me all that junk. I don't want to hear about who said what and who did what. I don't want to know what all is going on. I don't want you to embellish the story. Just give me the facts. So those that bring drama in your life this year, your gift to me is leave the drama at home. I don't want it. Because it just gets you all riled up inside. Now you just get all worked up about something somebody said, they told you they said, and when you sit and talk to the person, you realize it didn't go like that at all. You can get the simplest story. Sister Angie's back there at the water cooler. But you can go and you can be like, Elder Ware, we were in church. We were right in the middle of the sermon. And she, you won't believe what she did. She got up and walked across the room while the pastor was up. She didn't even care. 
walked across the room to the water. And girl, she did. She got a cup. She didn't even get the first one on top. She was touching all them cups. She got that cup, and she knew she wasn't gonna drink all that water. And she put it over there by that computer. You know, if that wastes, you know how much money we spend on computers just because she couldn't bring it. We done gave them reusable water bottles. Why she couldn't just bring it to church? The cups was for the visitors, and we had visitors that went thirsty because they didn't have no cups. And she done got that cup and filled it up, and she didn't even drink it. She just looking for something to do. And, that, and I'm like, really? But you see, you can blow anything out of proportion. And some people will do that because they want you to react. They want your response. And then how about the next time you see Angie, you're going to be like, mm-hmm. She don't want the visitors to have no water. That's why we can't have nobody at church now. They come in, they thirsty. Can't keep nothing because she pouring stuff on the computers. One that Pastor Stroud, no. And then, Pastor Stroud, did you know that's what happened to that computer in the back? Sister Angie been dripping water on it. Now, I know that the church bought them water bottles for Mother's Day, and she got one. I saw it, Pastor. I don't know why they don't appreciate it. That's where the church money going. You try to buy stuff for folk, and they don't want it. And you see, it just goes and goes. Have you ever had somebody do something like, I mean, they talk to you like that. But when you stop and you think about it, you're like, what? What is the big deal? You're thirsty, you get water. Who cares? I don't need to know this. You know, I don't care about that. And it may take sometimes us telling people, when they come, you're like, hold up. I don't want to know. But you're like, nope. It ain't none of my business. I don't need to know. If I need to know, then Sister Angie will come and tell me or the Lord will show me in prayer. He didn't say nothing about it when I was talking to him this morning. It don't have nothing to do with me. And you just keep that to yourself. I don't need to know. All right. So take a break from the drama this year. Tell those people, just stop me. I love you. God knows I do. But honey, I can't take it. You're just going to have to stop talking to me. I just can't take it. Take it. You just tell them. I just take it. To, or when they come to you, you just grab them by the hand. Sweet. Let, come on. Let's just take this to the Lord in prayer right now. And just be done with it and walk off. And they'll be like, they probably won't come to you no more. Because they're going to be like, oh, she one of them super spiritual ones. She don't want to know what's going on. That's right. I don't want to know. The L. And simple, loving unconditionally as Jesus loved. And y'all know where we're going. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us about love. Love is patient, kind, not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. So if you are any of those things, you are not operating in love. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And my favorite, it keeps no record of wrongs. That is so hard to do. Because the minute you see somebody, what do you say? Girl, you remember that time? No, I don't remember that time. I'm not going to focus on that time. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures every circumstance. Now, the thing to remember when we're talking about love is offense. When it says love keeps no record of wrongs, 
I just want you to know the downside to that intimacy we were talking about, having people on your side cheering for you, is sometimes you're going to be offended. They're going to say something um, that hurts your feelings, or they're going to not say something that you think they should have had. We talked about offense before, and offense comes when somebody doesn't meet your expectations. You expected them to behave a certain way or to say a certain thing, and they didn't do it. Sometimes it's on purpose. Some people will offend you on purpose. That's their issue. Let them have that. Let them work with that. They are doing it probably because they are offended themselves, and they are lashing out. You know, when they say bullies are bullied, have been bullied, or what have you, that is their issue. But don't take it into your heart. Don't allow offense to get a get a hold of you, because when it does, I kind of picture it like these nasty tentacles. When somebody offends you, it latches on around your heart, and it leeches bitterness into your heart, and that stuff. <clears throat> every time your heart beats, sends it through your body, and you just have toxins, poison flowing through your body. Offense, bitterness can make us physically sick. There have been several studies that people that are dealing with illnesses, especially cancers, have bitterness and unforgiveness, where it is just eating you up on the inside. And every time you are next to somebody, those poisons come out through your pores, and they get onto the people you're around. They affect those that are around you. And the thing about bitterness when we're offended is that we can think we've dealt with it. We've cut one tentacle off and we think we're good, but there's still more that may have burrowed deeper into there. So that takes praying and asking the Lord to show you uh, where you have been offended or if you have been offended. Uh, I'll give an example of myself. We um, have had people, you know, come and go uh, from church throughout the years. And, and that's, that's not the issue because I realize you have to be where God has called you to be. And at different points in our lives, you have to go uh, where he's told you to go. But the problem, the offense came in was not that they left, but how they left. And it was very hurtful, very hurtful time because these were people that, you know, I don't, I don't open up easily. Um, and I had fully embraced them into my heart and into my family. And um, the way they left caused injury to my husband. And, and so I took that personally. And, and it did, it bothered me. And I thought, you know, because I'm, I'm in church, I hear the word, I, I pray, um, you know, and, and I thought that I had dealt with it. And some years had gone by. And I was clearing out some stuff uh, because I like to organize. That's next week. Um, but we were clearing out some papers. Uh, it was me and another lady who was fairly new uh, member of the church. Um, because when these things happen, it can never just be you, can it? You have to act a fool in front of folk. So we were clearing out some stuff. And I ran across some things that had belonged to that person. Uh, and before I caught myself, I made a very snarky, unfirst lady-like remark. And in that, and she and the new person looked at me, and they thought it was funny. But in my mind, I thought, oh, crap. 
What did it say? Every time I want to do right, I do wrong. And I realized in that moment, oh, dear God, I have not let that go. So not only did I have to repent and try to get myself right with God, now I got to look at this lady and be like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, no, that was not. Apparently, I'm still holding on to some stuff that I thought I had let go. I did not intend to spew that poison on you. So I had to apologize to her. And so we just have to be mindful sometimes. And you can, you'll know because, you know, you, when you ever had a bruise and you didn't know it hurt to somebody, you know, punch you and, you know, hit it. And before you know it, you slapping them. Oh, y'all don't do that. I mean, you know, you react. <laughs> you're reacting and you realize, I thought I dealt with all of it, but I didn't. And so I want to encourage you to pray because we've all been offended. We have. And sometimes those offenses go way back. And they're with the people closest to us. I was just delivered the other day about something that my husband had done years ago that I didn't realize had offended me. But I was like, oh. He brought up something, and the way I reacted, he looked down the hall, he's like, you okay? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. So the Lord and I had to have some time. And then it brought tears to my eyes and I cried and I'm like, Lord, I really thought I had let that go. But I realized I had not. I had just buried it. And it's still in there. It was, well, it's not now, but it was. And we had to dig it out. And that little trip to Ingalls to get the donuts last week, I was like, I was crying all the way. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. I thought I'd already done with it. But see, I had it all together by the time I got back because y'all didn't know any of that went on. The people in Ingalls was like, something wrong with her. <laughs> but I didn't worry about them because I was paying them. So you just you take our money. So we have to think I me mean, those things because what I didn't know was that but on some level had to have been affecting my relationship with him because it was there. And so, you know, that removing that and getting rid of that, you know, brings us closer. So when there is offense, don't just think, oh, it's going to go away. It doesn't just go away. It may hide for a little bit, but just remember that image, those poisons just sort of leaching into your bloodstream, going all over your body, you know, and I'm like, ooh, so I got rid of that, so I should be healed from something. You know, because there's physical manifestations of that. Last one. Thank y'all so much for your patience. The E uh, and simple is earnest. I want to be earnest in my service to God. Earnesty has to do with being sincere and an intense conviction. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So whatever he has called you to do, it doesn't matter how small it may be. It could just be him nudging you to tell you to go over and sit next to somebody or to give somebody a smile or to say hello or to compliment their something. You don't know what that person is going through. So do what the Lord has called you to do with enthusiasm. Be sincere in it, uh, an intense convic- conviction. 
and do what it is he's called you to do. Romans 12, 11, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. We want to be uh, in service to him because we realize back from point one, when we surrender to him, this life is not about me. I'm a vessel that he is using. So it is all about what he wants me to do. And you don't want to do it grudgingly. You've ever asked somebody to do something and they're like, I'll do it. And you can tell they didn't want to do it, you know, but they go and do it. Don't, we don't want to be like that with the Lord. We be excited that he has chosen you. Think of how many people are on this planet. He knows each and every one of us. He loves each and every one of us enough to have died for us. So again, on love, we can't be particular about who we love because if we're being like Christ, he loves us all. Even the worst among us is still his child. And so when he has looked, when he looks over at all of his children and he calls you by name and asks you to do something, you should be, oh, yes, right to it, Lord. I'm happy to do it because I want God to notice me. I want him to trust to think I can trust her with this task because when he sends you to do something, know that he is sending you to another of his children that are so precious in his eyes that he has entrusted you with this assignment, assignment that you won't get over there and spew poison on them, but that you're going to go and you're going to show love and you're going to take them his message because they are seriously in the middle of something and they need to hear what he had to say. And so we're going to do it with enthusiasm. We're going to go about it quickly. Not going to ask him a thousand questions. But what if they do this? What if your response, their response is not on you. Has nothing to do with you. I'm just the messenger. Case in point like today. You can rip these notes up, sprinkle them over whatever your garbage can at home. Or you can go home and say, that woman was crazy. She just spent an hour whatever of my life I'm not going to ever get back. That is not on me. That is so refreshing because all I had to do was enthusiastically come and give you what I believe he wanted me to share. And so I want to encourage you to live a simple life, one of purpose and direction, one that's basic in its form and uncomplicated, one that is surrendered uh, to God, one that has an intimate relationship with him and with uh, others around us, one that is mindful you are being in this moment present right now, right here, one that is full of peace, one that is filled with love, and one where we are earnestly serving him with our whole hearts. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's all I have for today. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more.
We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.